Welcome again. If you're new here, I'm really glad you're here. I love you. I love all of y'all. Um, and it's really good to be up here in front of family. So uh, lately, you know, Cameron touched on it. I think a lot of us have been confronted with it this week. But <clears throat> there's, a, uh, there's a, reality, a reality that we're all having to deal with and face right now, and it's that the news sucks right now, turning on the news, listening to NPR, Fox, MSNBC, all of it. Um, and, and the thing about that is that um, it, it, this is nothing new. We think it is, but it, it's always been this way. There's, there's a darkness. There's a dark-edged tinge to the world we live in, and, and sadly, because of brokenness, we have to, to face that every day. Um, I think what we're dealing with right now, in particular, is a brokenness in, in sexuality and gender, and I think that um, it's, it's men and women having it um, to deal with the brokenness that happened to Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, and so we follow Jesus and we do the best we can to reconcile ourselves to him so that our masculinity and our femininity can be made whole. And so the really cool thing is that God confronts that in Psalm 23, and that's what we're going to be digging into today. Spurgeon <coughs> calls Psalm 23 the pearl of the Psalms. I read that this week and I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, the pearl of the Psalms. And in the Gospels we read that Jesus told a parable that a man sold everything he had to go and buy a pearl of great worth. And what he was talking about was the kingdom. He gave everything away for the kingdom. And so we view this Psalm as a precious bit of information from the Father. Um, the thing that I didn't know before this week was that Psalm 23 is actually kind of a couplet. It's coupled with Psalm 22. Uh, Psalm 22, Spurgeon calls, and a lot of people call, um, the Psalm of the Cross. And the reason it's called the Psalm of the Cross is because there are many parts of the Psalm that are directly quoted by Jesus at the crucifixion. Um, and so what we see is this beautiful transition of Psalm 22 being confronted with the actions of Christ for us on our behalf, and then the realization of who Jesus is for us now, the great shepherd. So <clears throat> um, what we're going to do is we're going to read Psalm 22. It's going to be on page, uh, it's going to be starting on page 457 in the Black Bibles. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's yours. So take that home. That's our gift to you. We believe that everyone should have the word at their hands, and I personally think that the paper version is the best. So let's go ahead and read Psalm 22 here. <clears throat> my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me and they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. 
On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. The bulls strong of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, and it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me, and they have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off. You may help. Come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You, for you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all of you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And he has not hidden his face from him but has heard when he cried to him. For from you comes my praise in the, in the great congregation. My vows I will perform those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forevermore. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him, and it shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to the people yet unborn that he has done it. So we have 31 verses there, pretty long psalm, transitioning into the 11th shortest, which is only six verses in Psalm 23. Now talking about the connection between Psalm 23 and 22, Spurgeon says, we must by experience know the full value of the bloodshedding and see the sword awakened against the shepherd, read Jesus, before we shall be able to truly know the sweetness of the good shepherd's care. So that's why we value this coupling of Psalm 23, 22 to 23, because what we're given is the full image, the full picture of what has been done, the price paid, the blood shed, so that we may have the gift of the shepherd at our right hand. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 23 now, and then I'm going to pray for us real quick. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, we just ask for you to please be with us in the midst of national and social turmoil, and we just pray that you would make this time here a time of peace, a time when we can shed away the world for a short time to be with you. We thank you for this word. Amen. So um, this, this was an incredible week for me with this psalm. Um, it, it revealed to me a lot, and it actually got me through a week that was really tough for me personally, um, just with the news and just hearing how people are hurting. Um, I have a deep need to help people with healing spiritually, r- religiously. Um, and so it was just big for me to be able to be in this psalm all week long. Um, and the cool thing is that this psalm is already one that's been read through with the bookmark, with the Psalms guide. So the cool thing is that most of us have already read it. And so we already kind of have a perspective of it. Now we're going to get to dig in. So <clears throat> the first thing I wanted to touch on was what the shepherd is doing for his sheep. So we see in verse uh, 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And the good, a good shepherd makes sure that his sheep are led to plentiful, full, and green pastures every single day. That's the job of the, of the, of the shepherd. I go, I wake in the morning, I find my flock, and I lead them to eat. The grass that the lambs are led to is rich, full, and abundant. So it's enough to where when the shepherd leads his flock, they can all be totally satisfied and fulfilled when they're led there. They rest and feed on it and are made to feel full of peace, sustenance, and to be fully satisfied. So the key for this portion of the psalm right here in verse 2 is that what we're being given is an image that we are the sheep and the grass that they're being led to, the full and lush grass, is the word of God. So when we, as the sheep, are led to the grass by the shepherd, we are offered what? Richness, fullness, abundance, peace, sustenance, and a spirit of total satisfaction. That's what we get from being in the word. And that's why I love that we're going through the word together with the Psalm series. Then we move on to the still waters. So he makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord leads me to his word to be fed. He leads me beside still waters. To be led to a uh, to be led to a watering place so that we might be able to be re- re- to find rest and also be refreshed. So on a hot day, cold glass of water, there's great refreshment in that. But take notice that he does that he says still waters and not rushing waters, raging waters, rapids, whatever the case may be. When sheep go down a hillside or an embankment towards the water, what we, what we, what we know is that they're a top-heavy animal. And so they lean in and they, they get to the water with their head, but if they have to go too far, far in or the water is too fast, they can be swept away. They're a top-heavy animal. 
And once that ball of wool gets wet, that's trouble. And so what'll happen is they'll sink and drown. And so what the Lord does for us in his goodness and mercy leads us to still waters, waters that are easy to receive and refresh us. I, and it, it, this image here made me think of something else too. Jesus was led to the slow-moving waters of the Jordan, was placed into the water, blessed by the Holy Spirit, and his father said, you are my son. And he did this. He refreshed his spirit right before he had to go into the desert. And what we see paralleled here in the Psalms so God is making this massive arch from Old Testament to New Testament and back and forth and saying, I, the good shepherd, and leading you to the waters of the Holy Spirit in the word so that you may be refreshed, so that you can go out into the desert, into your lives, and find peace and refreshment. I just thought the parallel there was so beautiful. It's the restoration of our souls. So now we're going to dig in a little bit deeper into verse 1 through 4. So this is kind of where we go back to what we're dealing with today in our society, this, this brokenness that we long to see healed. And so where do we go to find an image, a picture of what that wholeness is supposed to look like? We turn to God. And here's how we can see that in Psalm 23. So in verses 1 through 3, I'll read it again real quick. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When I read this, what I hear is care. I care about you, and I care for you, and I care for you in very specific ways. The other thing I read is mother, mom, mommy being given sustenance and care, being given hugs and kisses, being given words of affirmation, referring to the deep and always present sense of care and protection that we feel from God our Father. So I, 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 read, I read feminine care in verses one, two, and three. And then we go on to four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we move from kind of this caring, giving of sustenance, um, walking alongside you, comforting you, to now we're seeing this masculine part of God. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be the one. Psalm 121, I'm going to be the one that watches to the hills. Right? That's why I, yeah, there's this, Sydney and I have kind of always had this deal where I sleep nearest the door because if the intruder comes in, I'm, I'm up to bat. And now in our house, we have a window in our bedroom that leads right to our front porch. And so now I've switched. Now I'm over on that side. And I have my, my rod with me, right? My Louisville slugger sitting right there in the corner. So if you want to come in, that's cool, but <laughs> you're going through me first. Um, but that, you know, when I read into verse four, that's what I, that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm seeing God reveal to us as a family, that there's both a feminine and a masculine identity to the father. 
which is weird to say, but we believe in a kingdom that's beyond the realizations and the truths that we hear from the world. So now on to the second part of verse four. And really, it's just going to be five words. So it's going to be in verse four, your rod and your staff. So the, rod come, the word rod comes from a masculine noun, which means it's, it's, it's a very simple definition. It's, it definition. it's an implement made out of hardened wood, and it's used to fend off wolves, bears, foxes, and assailants of any kind that were to come against the flock. So is that the second one or the first one? Go back to the first one real quick. Yeah. So this dude, he's got his, his rod with him, but there's a scythe on the end of it. It's not just a wooden stick. He's put an attacking implement on it to protect the sheep to watch over them. Go to the next one. So this guy's got a a moon, uh, a half moon blade on the end of his, to where when you grab it like a staff, you can stab against wolves and bears and the like. Again, these are not just passive implements that the shepherd's carrying. These are implements that are used to protect the flock. So again, we we're in verse four. We have the rod. It's a masculine noun. It's a noun of an actual object that is used to protect. And then we go to staff. Wait on the pictures for that one. Um, the staff is a feminine noun, and it does not refer to an actual physical object. It refers to the abundance of sustenance. A motherly, a mother lovingly preparing a meal for her children. The shepherd leading his flock to, to waters, to grass to be fed. And what we see here is <clears> the <throat> story of the prodigal son by Rembrandt. And it's a little dark, um, and the, the, the painting itself is pretty dark. But in the psalm, we're, ge- we're being given this very clear realization that there is both a feminine and a masculine identity to God. And in this picture, we're given the same thing. Now, there's obvious things you can see. You can see this, the... The, be, the bedraggled son resting his head on the chest of the father. You can see the, the other son, arms crossed, upset that even though he ran away, he's able to come back to the family. But Rembrandt did this amazing thing with the hands of the father in the painting. You can go to the next one. He intentionally made the hand on the right a masculine hand and the hand on the left a feminine hand. And so what we see in the masculine hand is thickness and girth and strength, a hand that's welcoming the, the, the son back home. And the hand on the left, you see the gentility of it saying, you're welcome here. I have things for you. I want to heal you. So we see even beyond the time when the scriptures were written, God continually taking the story that he's written here for us and putting it into the pens and paintbrushes of his people. So what do we do? We have a schism between the father who has masculine and feminine perfectly aligned and the schism of Adam and Eve 
the brokenness of femininity and masculinity, where do we go from there? What do we do with the information that God is perfect, not only at fathering, but also at mothering? <clears throat> well, unfortunately, most of our lives are made up of pictures and images, sound bites and video clips of pain, hurt, and brokenness that's been dealt to us by man and woman. So naturally, our image and view of right relationship with the masculine and feminine are broken. Dad left you, mom neglected you, brother abused you, sister mistreated you, boyfriend turned on you, girlfriend embarrassed you, husband ignores you, wife withholds from you, friends abandon you. So where do we go to find the care and the help and the protection? After reading Psalm 23, where do we go? We go to verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I read that. I read house, and what I hear is kind of like safety. I can go in somewhere. There's walls around me. I'm going to lock the doors. I'm going to lock the windows. I'm in here. I'm safe. But as I was going through that image in my mind this week, what, what I realized was it was always me alone in that house. And so I'm protected, but that's kind of it. I'm alone, and in my mind, the, the rooms were empty. Go back one. So, you know, is this, this is like a joke, silly slide, but like, you know, is this the house of the Lord that you're going to dwell in? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm in the highest spire up there. You don't get that room. That's me. <laughs> or, is it, or is it this? Is it tucked away in the woods and shaded by the trees where you can have coffee in the morning on the porch and a dram of something special in the evening? Or is it this? A soft place to rest your head at night, to have a fire in the hearth, and then by day you're out adventuring with the Lord. Well, the crazy thing about this verse is that it says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, but in Hebrew, house means family. So this is the house of the Lord. Not the room, but the people in the seats and the conversations being had and the hearts being heard out and the souls and the spirits finding healing and community. That is the house of the Lord. That is where we go to find wholeness in being cared for and being protected is by God our Father using us as tools for one another so that we can find healing in our brokenness. And in particular, in this moment in time, in our nation, finding healingness in masculinity and finding healing in femininity. In the book of Luke, Chapter 12, verse 32, he says, Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Read family, my family, to give you my family. He is giving us to one another. We are each other's family. And there's blood relatives and there's, you know, real family out there, but we know that through the blood of Christ we are made to be brothers and sisters in him. He has given us to one another. Our family is here. You are in the house of the Lord now. 
So we're going to do something a little bit different now. Um, we've never done this here at the gathering, but I just, I, I was going through and just basically anything Psalms 23, I was just eating it up all week long. And I found a video um, by a group called People and Songs, and they are a worship ministry. And what you do is if you're a worship leader or an aspiring worship leader, you can get connected with this group. You can go to their camps and you can learn uh, and be fostered and be cared for by them for a time. And then you graduate, and you're done. Well, they write all original songs. And so the video we're about to watch is called Psalm 23. It's entitled Psalm 23. And the neat thing is that everybody that's going to be on stage in the video is a worship leader and on staff with people and songs. And then everybody in the congregation that's singing, they're all worship leaders as well. So it's this really cool experience of just people with the heart and the desire to worship, to be together. Um, and so the reason I'm, I'm wanting to play it is, is there's, two, there's two things. First off, I, I have a heart for worship teams, and so I wanted the worship team here at the gathering to be able to sit and have themselves be ministered to by this. But the video is about six and a half minutes long. And so from my, my desire for you and what I'm feeling the Lord call me to say to you is you're, you're being given six and a half minutes here to process through pain, to process through brokenness that you've been dealt by the men and women in your life. Um, and so sit, stand, pray, read the word, raise your hands up, sing out loud. There's going to be words um, on the screen with the video. But just take this time to be with the Lord and hear from him. Um, afterwards, uh, when, we're when we're receiving communion, um, we're going to have prayer ministers in the back. And this might be the very first day of your life where you're going to stand up and go and ask to receive prayer to begin a healing process in you. And you can pray for anything you'd like when it comes to healing. But specifically, the brokenness that we've been dealt by the men and women in our lives and asking for God to heal those things, heal those divisions. So I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to watch the video, uh, and then we'll, we'll receive communion together. Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. We ask for you to calm us, center us on who you are, Allow us to forget the anxieties that are outside these doors and allow us to hear from you about who you are and how you care for us. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Okay, yesterday we had choir rehearsal, but now we can sing it for real. Come on, help us sing this song. Lord is my shepherd, everybody. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. He goes before me. Defender behind me. Defender behind me. Y'all been practicing. I won't fear. I won't. Filled with anointing. I'm filled with anointing. Thank you, Jesus. My cup's overflowing. My cup's overflowing. 
Jesus. 